Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, that being said, speaking of football sicko, somebody who loves college football more than you and I for sure, it's Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. He jumps on. Mark, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I say hey. sicko, I say sicko, by the way, in a complimentary way. I'm right there with you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a much complimentary <laughs> way, much like I call a lot of the folks that follow us at the Voice of College Football knuckleheads. Knuckleheads. It's, it's, 
Yes. Okay. That sounds heads. like an honor. Yeah, that sounds like it's, an, honor an honor to be a knucklehead. Yes. I love that. Mark, first thing, of course, we're going to get into SEC, Gamecock specifically, but you were at Big Ten Media Days, my friend. How was that? I know there were a lot of storylines there, but I think Penn State's a team that could be a college football playoff contender. You had the usual suspects and like Ohio State, Michigan with not just what they're doing on the field, but the hardball stuff, the possible four-game suspension that it sounds like he will get. Just talk about how you enjoyed yourself at uh, Big Ten Media Days. Big Ten Media is Media Days, a fun time. I had never been to Lucas Oil Stadium before. I had not been to Indianapolis in like 25 years since covering an NCAA tournament there. Uh, so good time in Indy, uh, great facility, football field, plenty of room, plenty of space to do your thing and talk to all the coaches and players. Uh, the side sessions are the place to be where you get a little bit more candor and you've got more time to talk to the coaches. Uh, you mentioned the Harbaugh situation. It was funny because he even took it in his, his, I cannot comment. I'm not allowed to comment. I would like to comment. I would love to tell you everything. Of course, he said that. I would love to be able to tell you everything because I'm not ashamed. I didn't do anything wrong, but I cannot tell you anything. <laughs> you know, even those football-related questions that relate to that, like, how are you going to organize your staff when you're gone? Those sorts of things. Cannot even answer that. Uh, I asked Harbaugh, I said, two years ago, you were in this exact place, in this exact location, and you said, we are going to beat Ohio State or I'm going to die trying. And I said, you know, how close were you, did you think, at that statement to, to dying? Because how confident were you that you were going to be able to pull that off? And he said, he just kind of laughed and said, well, fortunately, I don't have to answer that question. I don't have to be truthful because we did it. I love it. It's going to be really interesting. What, what are your overall thoughts just on that hardball situation? I mean, it's, it's you know, after – it's the NCAA makes it up as they go along. We all know that. But after the Tennessee situation and kind of the slap on the wrist they got, you know, a four-game suspension feels pretty serious. Now, Michigan's going to win those games. I mean, they play nobody to start the season. They're going to be at minimum two touchdown favorites in every single one of those games. But, I mean – your overall thoughts on the NCAA, I guess, kind of trying to send a message to Jim Harbaugh and, and, and college football as a whole? Well, in, in terms of the – I think the NCAA gets most offended by being uh, put in their place, meaning that Harbaugh did all these things, and mm -hmm. had he cooperated with the NCAA, I believe that the suspension may not even exist. It might have just gone to some kind of uh, uh, probationary status – uh, can't remember the term right now, but just where they're basically watching the program for the next year or two, that sort of thing. But Jim Harbaugh didn't cooperate. He blew off the NCAA. He made fun of the whole process, made fun of the investigation. And so they kind of put him in his place. I believe more for that, for the lack of cooperation, for then what he actually did and allowed. So that's part of it right there. Now, in terms of him missing the four games, this is where some of my questions were not answered. Uh, because the four games, Michigan, if, if they don't win all those, get, then they're not the Michigan team we think they are, and they're going to be irrelevant this year. So they're going to be four awful teams with no problem, regardless of you. You and I can make the, the, you know, the morning flight on those Saturdays to Ann Arbor and you know, point out plays on the play sheet and they run them, and we still win by 40. So that's not an issue. But is Harbaugh going to be allowed to be involved with the team, coaching the team actively during that month? Because that's a long time. A month of the season, he could be completely separated from the team. Mm -hmm. 
that I believe could have an impact down the road. Mm-hmm. Now, this time of year, Mark Rogers, of course, college football realignment. I feel like that 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 transfer portal, those are the things NIL what we kind of now spend the summer months talking about, but we've got real news when it comes to realignment is Colorado is headed back to the big 12. There's also been some rumblings over the weekend that maybe schools like Clemson could be headed to the big 10. What's the latest on college football realignment and your thoughts on Dion and the Buffaloes going back to the big 12? Yeah. So we'll start out West. Uh, Colorado goes back to the big 12. I find it amusing. Again, nobody can ever be factual and tell the truth and be upfront about why you make a move as a university or a football program because they cited a bunch of things that have absolutely nothing to do with either being in the Pac-12 or the Big 12. They cited, you know, our care for the student athletes and their travel, uh, you know, the, the hardships of travel as an athlete and those sorts of, well, they made the decision to go to the Pac-12 anyway. You know, this is all about money and it's about exposure and it's about a lifeboat a life preserver for Colorado if the rest of the league implodes. So they made the move that they did, and uh, that's the deal with Colorado. Now the Pac-12 is teetering on the same place that uh, basically the Big 12 was a couple years ago before they made the additions of BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, that they're at that number where, and, and hopefully I'm still on it, idea what just happened there here we go let's see there we go i didn't see you but i saw me so i kept going but here we go we'll backtrack platform or the platform we stream on just completely restarted or something i don't know what happened must jam packers either way my friend i apologize apologize you were talking about colorado not being transparent about why they wanted to make that transition obviously Yeah, they're moving for three reasons. They're going to make more money. They are going to get the exposure that they want. They tried the Pac-12. They discovered, much like Nebraska's, that the recruiting is not a fit for them. They need to get back to Texas and those places and make a connection there. And then number three, they got a life preserver. So they're going the safe route. They're going to stay within college football and not be on a sinking ship. Now, the Pac-12, their situation is from a number standpoint, mighty close to what the Big 12 was suffering uh, two seasons ago, where once you get to that seven or eight line in, in terms of number of schools, then you you better act and bring people on board or you're going to crumble because out of those seven or eight that are left, you can be sure that they're talking about and they're weighing their options and they're making those connections with other conferences to, to find safety. So the Big 12 saved themselves by making the four editions right after they lost Oklahoma and Texas. The Pac-12, unfortunately for them, they should be approaching it the same way. However, they've got far less options than what the Big 12 had two years ago. So good luck to the Pac-12 because if Oregon and Washington, they're the best football mm-hmm. schools, you could throw Utah in there as well. But these rumors about Oregon and Washington to the Big 10 – then basically those schools that are left, they're probably going to try to hook up with the Mountain West just to survive. Uh, And then you brought up Florida State. I find them, in a sense, the most intriguing because they have spearheaded this conversation. They have been active. Uh, Their athletic director, Mike Alford, 
made a statement to the board of trustees four or five months ago and then to the to the media that day one when he took the job roughly two years ago he instantly started seeking out legal advice to get out the grant of rights hired lawyers hired a consulting firm a research firm went the full route to say this is not working we cannot sustain a bid to win championships here if we stay in the acc so we're going to do our homework and look to get out. And they have been the forerunner of this. Now it's going to be interesting. I'm pretty convinced that they're going to be able to pull this off at some point. I don't know that it's going to happen in the next few months. and uh, But it may be a two or three year process. But things are moving so quickly now. Uh, you know, I would not count against it. But whether they bring Clemson with them or Miami or both, whether they go SEC, whether they go Big Ten, there's no doubt the cultural fit and the, the logical rivalries that feel right are in the SEC, of course, but there are some financial reasons to go to the Big Ten. That, that's a slightly better situation, but I don't know that that's that significant. Uh, so that, that, the way that shakes out is going to be fascinating and going to change everything. I mean, Mark, it definitely feels like we're on the way to three mega conferences and the Pac-12 and the ACC, especially the Pac-12, are in some serious trouble. I mean, I know the Pac-12s, they still don't have their their media deal they were working on for forever. I mean, it, and there's just teams, like you mentioned, up just up and leaving left and right. I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, it doesn't feel like the Pac-12 is going to be around much longer, which is a shame for, again, I mentioned the college football sickos, but just, just us diehard college football fans that, you know, you get done watching the East Coast game and it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock and you turn on the TV and there's Southern Cal in Washington. There's Arizona State, Arizona. There's those West Coast games to entertain us. And I don't know, man. I, it, it just, I, from the outside looking at it, I'm not going to pretend like I'm close to the situation, but it feels like, Mark, how would you say, how would you quantify how much trouble is the Pac-12 really in? Uh, the Pac-12 has gone from like a 60 or 70 percent survival rate uh, a couple of weeks ago, especially when they were talking San Diego State and they were close to that deal. And it, mm -hmm. that looked like that was going to be an addition that would in no way replace USC and UCLA, but at least fill that void geographically. And it's an up and coming school from a football standpoint. They've gone from 70, 75 percent survival rate to. A true Pac-12 or Pac-10, I think we're down to 20, 25%. Those schools will still play football somewhere, of course, but it could be some kind of merge with the Mountain West. It could be Stanford. I don't know that a lot of people talk about Stanford, but the school is right in line with what the Big Ten would love, and I, I can see Stanford and Cal going to the Big Ten as well. Mark, fall camp is on the horizon. Some teams have already taken the field. Football is back, my friend. And I actually was, uh, you know, gazing at you guys' YouTube page and some of the content, Mark, you've been doing. And you've been doing some, some fall camp previews, offense, defense, what have you. From the National College Football Scope, but there's a couple of things. You know, fall camp's one of those times where you sort of have to read between the lines. I mean, there are intriguing position battles to watch at certain schools. But you're probably not going to hear a ton, but I think you can learn some things if you pay close enough attention. Is there anything that jumps out to you top of mind that when it comes to fall camp, you're most paying attention to in the grand scope of college football? The quarterback battles are always interesting and they're out there certainly among some really good teams. So you've got both quarterback battles and then you also have, inexperienced, talented quarterbacks at programs that are supposed to succeed. 
Ohio State and Penn State have five-star quarterbacks, but they're completely inexperienced. Alabama's got this situation where, man, if if Alabama pulls through the typical 11-1 season, goes to the championship game, wins or loses, goes to the playoffs, regardless, if they end up in the playoff, considering the quarterback situation that they currently have, then uh, – my respect level for Nick Saban, which I would think can't be any higher than it is now, is just going to go to some deity kind of place uh, because I'm not sold on their quarterback play. These guys were not good when they had the opportunity. Uh, I think they're going to be able to mask that, massage that to a certain extent. But at some point, whoever wins that quarterback job for Alabama is going to have to bring a team down the field down by four with 90 seconds left in the game, or going to have to deliver like a 300 yard passing game against Georgia to win a conference championship or against the Tennessee to, to maintain the record or an LSU to get into the playoff. You know, they can't, this is not Greg McElroy's 2009 Alabama team that can throw 11 passes in the BCS championship Mm -hmm. game. Mark, I'm not sure I've asked you this yet, and I'm going to put you on the spot. So if you haven't, who's your college football playoff? Uh, do you think it's as simple as Georgia? I mean, if I if I asked you, are you taking Georgia or the field? What are you going with? I mean, do you have a four right now, or is that something you you don't do until we get closer to the season? Uh, I, I don't have a four. Okay. I basically weighing uh, – I. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, we've talked about this in, in, in various versions mm. over the many months about trying to find that team or those teams that are going to break through. It's so easy to default Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State. I think they have the best odds in a sense. I could see uh, that playing out, but I really want to figure out the Clemson, Florida State dynamic. Uh, that is, to me, the most certain conference championship game. Uh, Texas, for as little as I believe in Sark, he's got to prove to me that he can really 
pull through with a team. I do believe that that is the best team in any conference compared to the rest of the conference. I think they have the best and biggest talent gap over everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I would bet the field against Georgia for a national championship just because I understand odds. But I do believe that Georgia is the surest thing mm-hmm. out there. Uh, and, and the Big Ten is is fascinating because a lot of people love Penn State to break through. Michigan's the safest choice, but Ohio State is still the most talented roster in that conference. And the Bama-LSU matchup is, is going to be huge. Of course, Bama's got that at home, and that should decide the West. And as you mentioned, Mark, I think what's a really fascinating conversation, you know, this time of year over the summer, we see that the blue-chip ratio, right, teams that can realistically – compete for and, and win a national championship specifically. And I, I feel like that list, you know, looking at this season, it's probably six or seven teams long. I mean, I think from the SEC, and you can correct me if I'm wrong along the way, I think from the SEC, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, those are your realistic national title contenders. I think in the ACC, Florida State and Clemson, I think those are those two. I think out of the Big 12, like you mentioned, I think Texas, you know, they've got a lot to prove, but that roster's loaded out of the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan. So that gives us eight. And I think you go to the Pac-12, Southern Cal. I mean, do we want to include them in that? So nine, would you include Southern? I think they're a fringe team because line of scrimmage. They've got Caleb Williams, sure. But, you know, when you get to the playoff, the trenches is what's really exposed. Would you say it's less or more than those teams I just mentioned in regards to teams that can realistically win the national championship this year? Win the national championship. Win the national title. I wish that you were right. I wish I could go in your direction. The the difference, and I emphasize this to people all the time, the difference between making the playoff Mm -hmm. and winning the national championship is catastrophic. There are 18 or 20 teams that can make the playoff. There might be more than that if we really wanted to go through it. Mm -hmm. But the two games that you have to win, unless you play in the SEC or those three or four key games in the Big Ten, unless you play those kind of games in the regular season, you you are facing a larger climb for that 10-day period to win two games than you did the entire season. All credit to TCU. They, they faced a completely different deal when they went to the playoff, and we've seen this over and over and over out of the likes of good teams, Michigan State, Washington, et cetera, that make the playoff. But once you get there, who do I truly believe that could win a national championship? You mentioned Florida State and USC. I wouldn't be stunned if you said today one of those two won a national championship. But I would be a bit surprised because I just don't think that they have it top to bottom roster depth, Mm -hmm. top end talent. I think the top end talent goes. I don't even know if Michigan I piss a lot of people off by making this statement, win a freaking playoff game. I don't know that they've got the, they've got a tremendous and and they beat Ohio state the last two years. So I don't want to take that away from them, but there's just a difference in caliber that gets ratcheted up when they reach the playoffs. And we've only seen Ohio state be able to elevate on a consistent basis to not necessarily win those games, but win some of them and compete. So for me, it's Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State can win a national championship, Michigan, Florida State, USC on the fringe. 
So Clemson, it sounds like, is your pick in the ACC then. Would you, would you say that – because we had uh, my good buddy Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate on last week, and admittedly he's a he's a Gator grad, but, I mean, he talks about this thing objectively. He thinks Florida State's one of the most overrated teams in college football into the season. Do you feel that way as well, and do you think Clemson should be the favorite to win the ACC? I'll put it this way. I don't know if Florida State's one of the most overrated, but they quite possibly could be. They proved that they're decent last that this is what they proved last year by beating the Georgia Techs and Boston Colleges down the stretch. They won six games in a row to finish the season. Big deal. Half of the country would have won those six games. The best team that they beat was probably Florida. A six and seven Florida team was the best team that they beat in that six game stretch. I know three people are throwing out LSU. That was game one. I'm talking about winning six consecutive games. Before that, they lost to Clemson, who got murdered by Notre Dame and Tennessee and South Carolina. They they lost to Wake Forest. They lost to NC State. These are good teams, but they're nowhere close to the top. They lost to five and six lost teams. And they beat six teams down the stretch who are horrible. So... It's a nice story. Mike Norvell, I think, is doing a nice job. But that LSU game is going to be fascinating uh, because if they beat LSU again, mm-hmm. uh, this is a different LSU squad than, than what they faced last year. LSU is elevated. Florida State's elevated. So it, it was an even matchup last year, but now it's an even matchup up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not necessarily sold on Florida State, but I will say this, that I'm still weighing whether I'm going to pick them to win the conference but i like i'll i'll make the comparison between ohio state and michigan michigan's got an easier schedule they play ohio state at home they've got less questions like every positional unit is rock solid on michigan ohio state's got questions all over the place but ohio state is better equipped to win a national championship and i think that might be the case in the acc that clemson i would give them much more uh, odds to to win a national championship getting into a playoff. Now, Mark, you and I have not spoke since SEC Media Days took place in Nashville. We actually have spoke on your show, excuse me, but not on these airwaves. So, you know, I'm curious specifically bringing this all back to the Gamecocks, your thought on what Shane Beamer had to say, if anything stood out to you. And then just SEC Media Days as a whole, I felt like it was – you know, somewhat subdued to years past. We didn't have a Jimbo versus Saban feud. We didn't have anybody asking a player if they're a virgin or not, like Tim Tebow got asked back in 2007. But, uh, again, if you read between the lines, I think there were some interesting takeaways from things that all the coaches had to say. Your just overall thoughts on the event that took place in Nashville. Yeah, well, at this point, with the news cycle being what it is, that seems like it was like eight months ago. So (laughs) let's see back to SEC media days. Well, I, I still think that Shane Beamer's in a honeymoon period, but I think this is, this is the last year of the honeymoon where he can kind of get away with anything. Not that anyone's going to question if they go six and six, that he may not be the right guy for the job. But I, I do think that he's got a ton of equity uh, combining the recruiting efforts, the personality, and then the winning on the field against a rival, especially, and against Tennessee, So, man, he won two games last year that this program has not won since Steve Spurrier walked off the field. That those kind of games, you know, against high leverage opponents. 
Uh, so that bought him a lot and it proved to me a lot about truly how good he is. Uh, you know, I hate to give credit to your rival, but Dabo Sweeney was kind of the, the first of the new style coach mm-hmm. that could, could be kind of gregarious and do some crazy things and be fun and be one of the guys and still maintain the authority in the locker room that he's the man, but still mess around with the players, have fun, dance, do those sorts of things. He was kind of at the cutting edge of that, but, but Shane Beamer's got that down to a T. Finally, Mark Rogers, voice of college football. Mark, I appreciate you taking the time. I got to get your thoughts on this, man. As we sit here and we count down the days, we're about to flip the calendar to August and I'm someone, I, I love the spreads. I love talking gambling, the Vegas side of things. Not that it, you know, we've seen South Carolina, I believe seven of Shane Beamer's 15 wins at South Carolina came as the underdog. So if there's anybody who does not care what the spread is and is great at get, you know defying the odds, it is Shane Beamer. But Mark, I, I just think it's fascinating that when I look at this season opener against North Carolina, Maybe I'm not looking at the right people, but I have not seen anyone pick the Tar Heels to win this game. Everyone that I've seen is going South Carolina, SEC over ACC, no big deal. Yet the Vegas spread, the money is coming in on the Tar Heels. They served as a one-point favorite, then one and a half. Now they're a three-point favorite, Mark. I mean, what do you make of it? I don't. Again, I, I, I know you're not a huge gambling guy, but like, what do you make of that? Because to me... It feels like a sucker bet. Like, it's almost like Vegas wants you to take South Carolina. Like, what do you make of the line shifting in favor of UNC? Is it just the continued Drake May love? Do they know something we don't know? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think you hit it late. Drake May, uh, Vegas loves, and Vegas knows and understands the betting public. They, They understand what they like and what grabs their attention. What grabs their attention are... Great quarterbacks, high-scoring offenses, all of that. You know, the Minnesotas of the world don't get a whole lot of love, but they go out there and win nine games uh, a season, and they look really ugly doing that. And Minnesota's playing North Carolina this year. They'll probably go down there as like a 12- or 14-point underdog, and I will say, take Minnesota now. Uh, because, you know, this North Carolina outfit, they're just, they're just thin, and until proven otherwise – Yes, um, go through history and line up comparable SEC versus anybody, but especially ACC matchups. And it's not guaranteed, nothing is, but it's a heavy lean. It's a, I bet if you took every point spread under a touchdown between the SEC and the ACC in the last 10 years, you'd have a 75-25 proposition SEC. Mark, last thing, actually, you know, if South Carolina beats North Carolina, I think it will, based off what you're saying, and again, folks, I've talked to, if the Gamecocks beat North Carolina, it's kind of like, okay, business as usual, they should have won. Let's just play the hypothetical game. If South Carolina were to lose that one, you know as well as I do, you come on this show, you're on social media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Expectations, year three of Shane Beamer. The expectations are very high in Columbia. If you lose to UNC, how does that all of a sudden shake up those expectations? What does it then do? Because the path will only get more difficult for South Carolina from that point. Well, it's one of those 50-50 games. And even though I'm not playing it out to be a 50-50 game, it's still in that range. I think it's more like 60-65 on South Carolina's side. But it's generally, uh, Vegas is saying, uh, a North Carolina uh, 55-45 kind of game. So you've lost whatever you've charted. And I know you, you examine this season a number of different ways and really lay it out for everyone. I You've charted probably three to four games that are, 50 50 well that's one of them right there and that's the first one of the season and one of the things that you nailed last year was not just record but trajectory of season and the tipping point in terms of confidence momentum the way Beamer and his staff would approach it with red shirts and everything and considering this, okay, this is a salvageable season. This is a breakthrough season or, hey, let's cut our losses, move on to next season. And they flipped the switch at the right time and kicked it into gear after that dismal Missouri performance. And, um, and you know, you hate to call game one something like that, but it's a it's a pivotal game in regards to South Carolina having the kind of season that 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 we expect the ceiling to be, which is not competing with Georgia, but nine and three, really good bowl game versus six and six. Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, joins us every single Monday. Mark, and let me say this: thank you so much, my friend, for taking the time. I'm looking forward to chatting with you all college football season, and also not just Gamecocks, but of course your perspective on SEC, the national landscape. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for keeping us informed. Our audience appreciates it. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Always a good time, Chris. Yeah, Mark. Talk soon. Appreciate you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.